Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are we all kicking? Okay. Hello, friends. Whoa, Sophie. You talked over me while I introduced. We're leaving this in. We're leaving this Hello, in. Hello, friends. We're leaving this in. You did an Orson Welles kind of, hello, friends. Hello, friends. We're leaving this in, and I'm Robert Evans. This is Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history, one of whom is my producer, Sophie, who is flipping me the bird right now, because I demand honesty in my podcast, which means we leave in the 20 seconds before I introduce the show when we're just talking over each other. That's because we're professionals. (laughs) I'm Robert Evans. This is Behind the Bastards. We talk about bad people. Today we're continuing to talk about Alfred Hitchcock. My guest, Abed Geith. Abed, Hello. how are oh, you doing? Hi. 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 I over I stepped your No, it's fine. As long as we leave it in because it's honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't edit that out because mm-hmm. that was perfectly timed. This is the audio equivalent of cinema verity. Yes. I don't know what that is. It's a style of filmmaking. Thus. Yeah. So I used it right. Yeah, you did. Fantastic. Yeah. You even said it right. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love saying things right. When people say cinema variety, I get mad. No, that's the shows that are talked about on the Fames magazine Variety. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Right? I think right? so. Yeah. They did that terrible list of the best horror movies that had World War Z on it. <laughs> World War Z. <laughs> World War Z. Nah. It's got Brad Pitt in it. It's not a horror movie. Ugh. I don't know. Seven. Although he was, I just saw him on Growing Pains and he was pretty good. Growing Pains? That yeah. must have been a while ago. Yeah. I think that was his first gig. Good for him. Kind of like how, uh, uh, what was his name? The guy, the Batman that people don't like. Michael, oh, Michael, oh, 
Oh, you mean Val Kilmer? No, no, the new one. George the new Clooney? Batman. Oh, the new Batman, like. Christian Bale? Or no, Wait, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. You go through Christian to... Bale before you get to Ben Affleck? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Batman people don't Some like? Some people don't like him. <laughs> That's true. Every yeah. Batman has his, his lovers and his haters. Yeah. I think my brother's not a Christian Bale fan. That's fair. But Ben Affleck was on that Voyage of the Mimi thing that we had to watch in high school before he was Ben Affleck. Oh, shit. Where he says, holy chickens, that's all peanut butter, which is still my favorite line. Wait, wasn't that... Oh, I remember that show, yeah. but I don't think I ever watched all it. All the men have to huddle naked together for warmth and everybody in your high school class laughs. Wait, was that a movie? Oh, no. It was like a, it was like a TV series type thing that we had to watch in class to learn about the sea. <laughs> Let Ben Affleck take you on the waves. Well, he was like nine. He was oh. like the show's Wesley Crusher. Oh, God. I know. He was a I bad I can just pick. imagine. Wesley Crusher wasn't a great pick for Wesley Crusher. No. No. Not really. Not really. He had his moments. He had his moments. Yeah. Speaking of people who had their moments, Alfred Hitchcock. Yay. He had actually a lot of moments. Very influential director. Uh, so when we last walked through, we talked about his early life, his, his armor of fat, his controlling mom, his kind of dangerous bordering on torturous love of pranks sometimes. Uh, and his fear his, of women being successful. His fear successful. of women. His pretty good sense of humor when it didn't get mean. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a complicated man. And one of the more important things about sort of his... Life is he had this sort of desire to create the perfect actress. He wanted to mold. And so, like, he worked with a lot of great actresses, but right. they, most of them didn't quite fit that bill because they were already well established and they yeah. moved on after him. You know, right. most actresses don't want to work with one guy forever. You want to no. do cool stuff. You know, you want to do a bunch of stuff. Unless you marry them like Helen Bonham Carter or uh, like Sarah Connor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although. She's about to be in another one of those movies, I think. She's really good. She's, I mean, she's, she's one of the few actresses that actually topped the star. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I thought in T2 she was better than Arnold. And she's, she's a way more impressive action star in that movie. Just that like, scene when she breaks down is the best. Oh, man. And the scene when she, like, is just taking apart that mental hospital, like, and just destroying yeah. those men. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> it's so good. I love that movie. Let's talk about the opposite of that. Okay. Alfred Hitchcock's career with Tippi Hedren. So Alfred Hitchcock first saw Tippi Hedren in 1961 when she appeared in a commercial that he watched for like a, a weight loss supplement thing. Hmm. Uh, Hedren was a veteran model and at 32 a mother, but she had no real experience in the film industry. She, in fact, had no particular ambition to be an actress. But Hitchcock saw her reel and was enchanted by her. He offered her a three-year contract, and even though the contract was for less money than she'd been making modeling, she considered, you know, three years of guaranteed income a more stable move than continuing to act in commercials. And, you know, she's a mom, so she's like, okay. Well, it's the natural progression. Natural progression. This seems smart. I'm going to do this. Uh, So she agreed to meet Hitch and talk about the job. During that first meeting, Hitchcock basically just bragged to her about his own life, talking about the great restaurants he'd eaten at in cities around the world. He offered her the gig, and she took it, thinking that he'd be using her as a recurring actress on his TV show, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I used to watch that as a kid. Great show. Yeah. So she started to realize that Hitchcock's plans for her were much more involved when he sent her to Edith Head, the famed fashion designer. Ooh, she was very talented. Yes, in The Incredibles, the little lady who makes the costumes for the characters is based on Edith Edith Head. Head. She died recently, right? Maybe. I'm not sure. But I love old movies. You always see her name in the yeah. credits. She was, she's one of those, like, yeah. yeah. She was, like, on every film. Foundational in mm-hmm. sort of golden era Hollywood. So Edith had crafted a whole wardrobe specifically for Tippi Hedren. And, in fact, she made two wardrobes, one set for screen tests and another set for her to wear out in the world. So hmm. kind of a nice gift, you know, you're having – but also kind of controlling because this is Hitchcock being, like – I'm not just going to pick out what you'll wear when you're doing screen tests and, and whatnot. I want to pick out what you wear when people see you. 
Wow. Again, not the kind of thing you'd immediately, if you're tippy, you'd pick out as weird. Because like, yeah. you might be like, oh, this this guy's going to pay to have the greatest designer in the world make me yeah. a whole lot. Cool. You're, you're blinded by the fashion coolness yeah. of yeah. it. But something a little bit weird there. Right? Yeah. Like there's a sliver of- There's uh, a sliver of- Like, oh, uh, that's strange. It's almost like a Hitchcock movie. You know, that yeah. first thing that you get from Norman where you're like, oh, maybe there's something. Like that scene when they're eating the sandwiches and you get a couple moments where you're like, something- Yeah, something's like a little up. bit off. Yeah, something's a little bit off. Right. Just like that. Now, as soon as Tippi Hedren signed on the dotted line to work with Alfred Hitchcock, he believed he owned her. She was not like Ingrid Bergman or Grace Kelly, an independent star who might have had a deal with a specific studio, but was generally able to pick her own roles. Hedren's contract made her Hitchcock's actress, and in Hitch's mind, this made her his property. While Hitchcock and the studio worked on doing the rest of the casting and prep work for what would become 1963's The Birds, Tippy basically had a couple of months off with pay to move into Los Angeles and get used to being in California. Hitchcock ordered her to gain weight during this time. He thought she was too skinny, so he sent her several bushels of potatoes over to her house with a note reminding her that in sufficient amounts, they had a lot of calories. He sent her Dom Perignon on Christmas Eve and a telegram on Christmas. So far. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah. Sending a bunch of potatoes over to an potatoes is a little weird. weird. Little weird. Yeah, little weird. Yeah. It's not like fancy food. It's like she's probably making enough money for potatoes, right? Them being the basic food stuff. Well, unless <laughs> he sends them over mashed. No, or, I think he was like, just sending her bushels just, of potatoes. Okay, they were just raw. That is weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Raw potatoes is a weird gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, in the new year, Alfred decided to change Tippy's name. Sort of. She'd gone by Tippy for so long that it had replaced her birth name Natalie, but it wasn't her original name. Hitchcock decided that from now on, whenever her name was printed in films, it had to be surrounded by single quotation marks. Hmm. Uh, He just wanted it to be clear that it was a nickname. He thought that that would be better for her mystique, her career, or whatever. I will give him that because Tippy's very memorable. Yeah, it is a memorable name. Um, Kind of a weird choice, but, you know, I'm not... Again, so far, okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's not so suspicious He's getting really involved in this lady. He is getting involved, but, I mean, he's probably just a... He cares. He cares. He just cares, right? Next, he ordered two members of his crew to watch Miss Hedron whenever she left the set and make notes on what she was doing. You Uh, know, that's Where she went, who she saw, what she did when she wasn't working. Like an investigator kind of following around. Like a... Yeah, like, yeah, he had two people basically follow her around everywhere and keep notes on her life. That's weird. To these guys' credit, after a few days of this, they realized it was weird and just started lying to Hitchcock and stopped following her. So they're not bastards. They did the right thing. Keep taking the money, just don't do the job. That's the right thing, because otherwise you would have just hired a private investigator. True. You lie to the guy. Yeah. Smart. Hitchcock ordered other members of the cast to avoid touching or even talking to Tippi Hedren. Rod Taylor, her co-star in The Birds, recalled, She was like a precious piece of jewelry he owned. Little by little, no one was permitted to come close to her during the production. Don't touch the girl after I call cut, he said to me repeatedly. Getting a little weirder. Yeah, he's treating her like she's like an object. Yeah, exactly. Now, early on in the production, Hitchcock sent a basket of bread to Tippi Hedren's house. It came with a note that said, eat me. Tippy later stated, he was developing this obsession, and I began to feel uncomfortable because I had no control. I had to be very careful. He tried to control everything, what I wore, ate, and drank. Oh, yeah. So this uh, progresses. Yeah. It progresses. This, uh, this stuff I'm familiar with. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're about to get, oh, well, I guess we'll see how much you're, you're familiar with as we get into this. Oh, I know one thing that's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a common. Yeah. It's a common. Now, according to a write-up in The Express, quote, 
Not long after, riding in a limo, Hitchcock attempted to embrace Hedren just before the door opened in front of a crowded hotel. Hedren approached Alma, Hitchcock's wife, asking for help. Her exact words were, Tippy, I'm so sorry you have to go through with this, Hedren remembers. I looked at her and said, but Alma, you could stop it. And her eyes sort of glazed over and she walked away. Mm. That's not great. It's like he had his wife in check. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's it's a little bit, you see shades of the Weinstein stuff here. A little. People see some messed up stuff going on, but nobody's quite nobody's willing to get involved. Nobody's saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. But also, see, back then, it was different. Mm-hmm. It's not like now. Where yeah. It's like, you know, people kind of just didn't gossip. Yeah, and women had a lot less power in the workplace, period. Right. You know, you know, Hollywood was actually probably more progressive than most places in terms of that, just because, yeah. like, you've got a little more marketability when you're... But even then, like... But, but also, Hitchcock was, like, super famous. Hitchcock was fucking Hitchcock. Yeah, you know? so it's like no one wanted to really fuck with him. Psycho had come out. He'd yeah. invented the slasher genre. Yeah, like, he was big. He was, <laughs> he was big. He, yeah. was, big. he right. was as big as a director's ever been. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's no dream warriors without Psycho. That's true. That's true. My favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's, it's uh, easily of the Nightmare on Elm Street the, movies. It's, it's the one the, with the best rap. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And Dawkins is on the soundtrack. Dawkins on the soundtrack. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> I was in I was in Big Bear, California recently, and I was at like a random cafe in Big Bear, and they were advertising that Dawkins had been there three days earlier. <laughs> and I had the same thought that I think everyone has when they hear about Dawkins playing somewhere, which is, oh, they're alive. I would have assumed the Coke would have gotten them years ago. Right. Good on you, Doc, and nice livers. Really impressive. Now, most of the cast and crew seem to have been well aware that something sketchy was going on between the director and his leading lady. But no one actually took any action to defend her or tell Hitchcock that he was being a total creep. And so, as they continued to film, Hitchcock grew more obsessed and even bolder. Here's the dark side of genius. He began to take unusual care in the rehearsal and preparation of every shot, directing her down to the movement of an eye and every turn of my head, she remembered. And he also started to take her aside for longer story conferences about the film, which made her increasingly uncomfortable. And off the set, he was always staring at her, as she and others vividly recalled. So, by the time they got well into shooting the birds, Hitchcock was in full-blown, creepy, abusive boyfriend mode with the woman he was not dating, who was roughly 30 years his junior. Not that any of this would have been cool if they were dating in the same age, but you catch my meaning. Yeah. It's it's weird. The fact that this guy was her boss makes it weirder. Right. Now, if you've seen The Birds, you know that it's a movie that involves a lot of birds. These animals were scrupulously cared for. Crewmen and assistants were scratched and pecked with regularity, like you'd expect with a movie that uses a bunch of birds. But the Humane Society was on set, and they made sure that all the animals were well-fed and never forced to work for too long. So the animals were treated very well on the set of the birds. The film's leading lady was a little bit of a different matter. Hmm. During her 20 weeks of shooting, Tippi Hedren had only one day free during the entire production. She was not actually needed on set the entire time, but Hitchcock was insistent that her presence was necessary. Now, this was not entirely a bad thing. Tippi herself even recalled, quote, He gave me the best education an actor could have. With any other director, it would have taken 15 years, but he had me involved in every part of the film. Script completion, wardrobe design, special effects work, dubbing. It was his film from start to finish, and he wanted me to learn how to put it together. So he's taking it seriously, this idea of crafting the perfect artist. He's diligent about it. It's not all creepy, which probably makes it more difficult from Tippy's side, because she's getting this incredible introduction. It's like that's the trade-off. Yeah, that's the trade-off. You get to meet this master and work really closely as he 
you know, The Birds is one of the great masterpieces of horror films oh, yeah, still to this yeah. day. It's very influential. Yeah. And so having that opportunity, I can see how that would make it easy to not push back more at the weird stuff. Right, you know, right. You've, you've got this incredible, nobody gets this chance. Like, I mean, he's also giving her her career. Well, that's what he saw it as. Although right. her, she would argue, this had never been my ambition. Right. So. Anyway, but he does believe, you know, I'm giving her her career. So the other members of the cast and crew were very supportive of Hedrick, even though they wouldn't push back against Hitchcock. And so she soldiered on. But as things went on, Hitchcock began to push for more and more control over the life of the film's leading lady. He started telling me what I should wear on my own time, what I should be eating, and what my friends and I should be seeing. He suggested that such and such a person was not good enough for my company, or that someone I might have a social engagement with was not right. And he became angry and hurt if I didn't ask his permission to visit friends in the evening or on a weekend. That's well out of bounds for a boss. Well I mean, it's bounds. almost like he's like an overbearing father. Yeah, he and I think that's his attitude. Right. Because he's saying, like, I'm making you, I'm building you, Do I you am your father. Do you think that comes from his mother and his relationship in a way? I think it might. Yeah. I think this, because he... if I'm a therapist, mm -hmm. I'd say it stems from that. Yeah. A control it, thing. If I'm a therapist with the information I have right now, right. And, and me not being a therapist also, right. uh, if I'm pretending to be a therapist... Let's put on our therapy hat. Let's put on our therapy hat. I definitely draw a line between those two things. Yeah. Therapists, uh, hit us up on Twitter if we're wrong about this and you think we're being irresponsible. Our Twitter name is at BastardsPod. So... Uh, therapists, you know, hit us up. Get at us. Get at us. Yeah. Slide into our DMs. Is that, that's what the kids say? Sophie's giving me the thumbs up. She wouldn't give me bad advice. Now, when Tippy would express her totally understandable discomfort at some of the creepiness that was coming out of Hitchcock, the director would respond with anger, telling her that he had pulled her out of the trash heap. That was one of the ways he'd phrase it. He had made her into a star, so she should just be happy to do what he told her to do. He repeatedly told her that thousands of girls could have replaced her, which, you know, Tippy would have been fine with. She'd never really wanted this life, but now she was under contract, so there was nothing to do but the job she'd signed up for. Quote, he could be two different men. He was a meticulous and sensitive director who gave so much to each scene and who got so much emotion into it, and he was a man who would do anything to get a reaction from me. Now, one of Hitchcock's favorite ways to get a reaction from Tippy was to whisper something obscene or pornographic to her the instant before calling action. And this is something he did his entire career, particularly to the women he worked with, is he would whisper something sexual to them right before yelling action. Oh, um, just because he wanted to get them off balance and stuff. I, that, there's another director that did that. I can't remember who it is, but it wasn't as sketchy. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing. It's just a thing. way to sort of throw the person off and, and get I, the reaction you want. I can see the artistic justification for yeah, it. I can yeah. also see that crossing the line into sexual harassment very easily. Oh, that I mean, yeah. that is sexual yeah, harassment. Yeah, it is sexual yeah. harassment. Because it's unwanted sexual talk. Ex exactly. Yeah. Anyway, Alfred Hitchcock considered this as his prerogative as a director. Um, like the, the, you know, getting this sort of reaction of someone. He thought it was his, his duty, or at least that's how he would have justified it. He also took to trying to force Tippy to drink martinis during rehearsals. Tippy, who herself was a Hitchcock fan before this point, saw a similarity in how the great director treated her and how he treated the women in his films. I had always heard that his idea was to take a woman, usually a blonde, and break her apart, to see her shyness and reserve broken down, but I thought this was only in the plots of his films. Mm. Now, one of the most iconic scenes in the birds and in all of horror cinema comes when Miss Hedren's character is brutally attacked on screen by a horde of birds. Uh, still a really compelling scene Oh, it's, scene it's terrifying. Day. We're going to talk about that scene in a little bit right. and how it was even more horrifying behind the scenes. Oh, I know than, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. probably the most well-known Hitchcock story. We're going to get very granular, but I'm going to tell you right now, not the most fucked up thing he does. 
No, there's something worse. There's there's a couple things worse. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. So we're going to get into that in uh, a whole lot more. But first, do you love products and services? I already asked you this question, but you're going to answer again. Uh, yeah, I yeah. still do. Well, uh, before we break to products and services, I'm going to yell something obscene and sexual into your ear to provoke a good reaction from you. Oh, fun. Moist. That was a good facial reaction. Sophie had a good one, too. <laughs> I don't like that word. Nobody likes that word. That's why it provokes a good reaction. <laughs> I'm just a genius trying to do a good lead-in to these ads. Well, this will be good for our movie. Yeah, this will be good for the movie that we're filming right now. Yeah. Buy stuff! The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're back. Sophie's telling me that she is not bothered by the word moist, which if Dan O'Brien, my old boss, is listening right now, he's not listening anymore because he hates that word. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know. It's not a good word. It's not a great word. Not my least favorite word. No, there's worse. Yeah, yeah. There's worse words. For sure. uh, I don't like milk. The word milk. Milk? Because the way you say it, you go milk. It bothers me. Milk. Yeah. Yeah, I do. doesn't sound right. That. Milk. Okay, milk is uncomfortable. When I say it, I say it. Milk. It's like when people say it, they go milk. And it's like, it creeps me out. I don't know you why. Know, they used to call it white meat. Oh, that's worse. Yeah. What was I that? Just, well, no, because it's very, it's very, it's got a lot of nutrition and protein in it. If you're meat, like a though. poor peasant in the 1800s, it's like it's it's like a meat, right? 
it'll uh, keep you alive like a Fair meat. enough. You know, yeah, you have no no dog in this fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sophie I, doesn't like it when I talk about dog fights. I said I didn't have a dog in this fight. That makes me a hero. You're giving me a look. <laughs> you give me a look, and you're 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 feeding your dog a dog treat. She probably didn't like that scene in The Wire when Method Man's dog dies. Oh, that's a rough scene in I The know. Wire. I know it's tough. Yeah, poor yeah. Method Man. Poor Method Man. Anderson would do good in a fight. Anderson's a good name. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. name for a dog. I got him a switchblade for Christmas. Ah, in case he good gets present. into a dog fight. Where do you buy a switchblade? A dog size switchblade? Yeah. From the dog switchblade store. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Dogswitchblades.com. Wait, is it am I is it something else? It's not really a knife? No, no, it's a knife. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no. You go to dogswitchblades.com. They'll give you extra they have a box program where for uh-huh. forty nine ninety nine you get a different dog switchblade every month. Jeez, there's like yeah. everything now. Yeah, there's a lot of different that's my favorite of the box subscriptions. Oh. Switchblades yeah. are so cool. They're great. Yeah. They're great, especially when they're wielded by dogs. I now, used to have a comb one. Yeah. That's a great way to comb your hair. Yeah. Great way to comb your hair and get mistaken as having a knife by police officers. I know. Yeah. I'm sure people $2. that way. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we were talking about Hitchcock. We're talking about the filming of the birds in one of the most iconic scenes in all of horror cinema when Miss Hedren's character is attacked on screen by a horde of vicious birds. They tear into her flesh, nearly killing her. If you watch the scene today, it's remarkable for how realistic it looks, how compellingly terrified that woman seems. Right. This is because everything happening in the scene was more or less real. Didn't he, like, not tell her? Oh, he did a bunch of stuff. That's okay. what we're getting into. Hitchcock's well-established pattern of fucking with leading ladies might be part of why no one really stood up to for Hippie, Tippi Hedren at the time. He was certainly more obsessed with her than he'd been with his other actresses, but nothing about his behavior stood out until the point when it became time to film the infamous climax of this mm. movie. Quote, The final great attack of the birds was to involve the leading lady herself. She would be caught in a room full of crows and gulls and ravens that would tear at her until she collapsed in a state of shock. Tippi Hedren had been told before the week's shooting began that, of course, mechanical birds would be used for the scene, since anything else would be practically impossible. But when she arrived on the set that Monday morning in June, the assistant director, James Brown, informed her that mechanical birds would not be used, because it had been determined that on film they would look like artificial props. An hour later, the new approach began. Did that guy slip up? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, he... the, it was Hitchcock's plan for it to, this to be a surprise to her. Right, 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 right. For them to be like, it's going to be fake birds, fake birds, fake birds. And then she shows up the day they're filming, and they're like, actually, it's going to be real birds. Right. And the way they filmed it is they just had two guys with, like, huge protective gloves and huge boxes filled with birds positioned on one side of the camera, one on each side of the camera facing the actress. And Tippy, you know, was stood with her back to a wall and the whole set was in a cage. So these people are all in a cage with the birds. And while Hedron panics and waves her arms, live birds are thrown at her while wow. the cameras roll. So the, these men are just chucking live animals at her oh, <laughs> like while she stands there. I cannot imagine what that was like. So this is obviously a step behind making someone stand in a shower for six days or handcuffing someone for a few hours. Uh, Hitchcock was literally having this woman uh, assaulted with birds. Tippy later said, There was no precedent for anything like this, and no one knew what to expect. All of us thought it could be done very quickly, and no one hoped so more than I. We thought maybe after one or two takes, they'd have all the film they'd need. It went on the entire day. Jesus. Tippy would endure birds being thrown at her. They'd reset the scene, and then they'd fling more birds on her over and over again for hours. Wow. At the end of the first day, they still weren't done. You want to guess how many uh, how many days it took them to get this shot? Oh, probably like four. Five. That five, was close. Five full <clears throat> days of having birds 
thrown at I her. I mean, after day three... You feel you, like you, you got all the shots you need, I, I right? I think we're done here. <laughs> I think yeah. we got enough shots yeah. of this woman having birds. We can use what we got there. Right? Come on. For five days, they're doing nothing but throwing birds at Tiffany uh, Now Hedren. the close-up. Eight hours a day. <laughs> The different angles. They need to use less and less stage makeup as the days go on because her face is now covered with like real scratches and real blood. She's got scars on her face Fuck. still from like they're just throwing birds at her. Cary Grant was reportedly stunned by Hedron's courage. People on set began to whisper. That I he- am stunned. I am stunned. I'm <laughs> Cary Grant. <laughs> Hitch, you are amazing. What? I'd never. Throwing birds at a woman. Birds at a woman? <laughs> I would never. I've heard of throwing glasses at a woman because it's the 60s, but birds. Birds? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I-, I love doing impressions of him. Yeah, he's 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 got that. Classic Hollywood voice. Oh, yeah. uh, people on set whispered that Hitchcock was lucky that Tippi Hedren was new to show business. No veteran actress would have put up with anything like this. I mean, yeah. Ingrid Bergman, we, you're not going to throw birds at me for no, five days. No, she's not having it. Hitchcock might have had enough cachet to get a day. Right. Not five days. <laughs> maybe five minutes. <laughs> yeah, maybe five minutes. Not five days of she bird would, assault. She'd be on to him. Oh, you know, she'd fling the birds back yeah, yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah. Now, Hedron later said, the week was perfectly dreadful, really the worst week of my life. Each day I thought, and they told me, just one more hour, just one more shot, as it goes on for five days. On Thursday, when it should have been fucking done, after four days of bird assault, Hitchcock reviewed the dailies and determined that a new angle was necessary for them to really get the shots. At this point, he's just having fun. At this point, he's just having fun. Yeah. This is Tippy. And so on Thursday, the wardrobe mistress took me into my dressing room where elastic bands were tied around my body with nylon thread that was pulled through tiny holes in my costume. I soon found out what this was for. One leg of each bird was tied to each piece of clothing so that when I lay on the floor, they couldn't fly away but would bound and perch all over me. This went on for the rest of the day while they tried to get the shots that they wanted. So after throwing birds at her for four days, they tie birds to her body and leave the birds panicking and flipping out on her for days. Oh my God, it just gets better. It just gets... Uh, on Friday, they did the same thing again so they could get close-up shots at different angles. By then, the birds were clearly losing their shit as well. One in particular flipped out and attacked Tippy Hedren's left eye, leaving a deep tear on her lower lid and coming pretty close to blinding her. This was finally too much for Tippy, and in all fairness, I think a lot of Navy SEALs would have broken under five straight days of oh, continuous yeah. bur- violent assault. I can't imagine assault. she went that long. <laughs> yeah, she's a tough lady. Wow. Uh, she was given the weekend off and set to come back on Monday and have more birds thrown at her. Quote, when she came back to work Monday morning, she was in such a distraught state that she could not be roused from a brief nap in her dressing room. She awoke to find herself under sedation, back home. Hitchcock was told by her physician that she could not possibly return for at least a week. And when he replied that she was needed for every shot, the doctor insisted that in her present condition, she would not be able to sustain work at all. And so production on the birds closed down for a full week, which is an extraordinarily expensive thing. Yeah. Um, They did eventually finish shooting the film, obviously. Uh, Hitchcock moved on to his next production, and Tippi Hedren got some time to relax and recover from a full week of sustained bird assault. During this interim period, Hitchcock proved unable to turn down his creepiness. He sent Tippi Hedren's daughter... This is the story I know. Oh, the the gift that he sent his daughter? It's pretty bad. Yeah, it is a... He sent Tippi Hedren's daughter a handmade doll, a perfect... this wasn't Melanie Griffith, though. Or was it? I think it was Melanie. Oh, it was Melanie. Yeah, I think it was Melanie. Uh, He sent her a handmade doll that was a perfect representation of her mother, dressed as her character in The Birds, and placed in a tiny coffin. Well, and she had... The doll had scars. Yeah, yeah, on its face. Yeah, Yeah, that's nuts. He sends her daughter a... Why? A a, a handmade doll of her mom's corpse. But see, now he's reaching over to the daughter's life. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. It's insane. 
When Melanie was asked about this later as an adult, she said, he was a motherfucker, and you can quote me. So I did. Wow. <laughs> great quote. Great, great quote. It's probably why Melanie did so much coke in the 80s. Yeah, it probably yeah. didn't help. I, that's yeah. got to fuck up a kid. I know. And I'm sure that just seeing her mom in that state, not great. Yeah. Not great for you. No. Shortly after sending her daughter a replica of her corpse, uh, Hitchcock had Tippi Hedren come in for what he said was a deep makeup session to prepare for their next film, Marnie. Instead of doing a makeup test, a plaster cast was taken of Hedren's face and used to make a perfectly lifelike mask of Tippi Hedren asleep or dead. The mask had no use in the film. Hitchcock kept it in his own office. Oh, God. Yeah, that's fucking creepy right what, there. Why? Because <laughs> he wanted he wanted a perfect mask of his leading lady looking like she's dead to keep in his room. I mean, at this point, like, what, what kind of mind is this? I mean, the guy who makes the birds in Psycho. Yeah. He yeah. sounds like a James Bond villain. He does a little bit, right? Yeah, He's yeah. got that kind of air to him and that kind of profile. I must have a mask of you looking dead. <laughs> I must have a mask of your corpse. <laughs> Uh, so, while he was mired in pre-production for Marnie, Hedron enjoyed a very well-earned holiday. Alfred continued to send her increasingly strange letters, some of which were clear examples of sexual harassment, and others of which were just weird. He designed a special trailer just for her to use during the filming of Marnie. He stocked it with his favorite wines and stationery that matched the stationery he kept in his office. Her trailer was located right next to his private office with a designated door that led straight to his office so that he could enter and accost her whenever he wanted without anyone else seeing. Oh. Uh, uh, when they started filming, Tippy had to invite friends over to her trailer at the end of the day just so Hitchcock would not find her alone. God. Yeah. <clears throat> also, that movie has a very disturbing scene. Oh, yeah. We'll be getting yeah. to that. As a general rule, though, my advice for men in the entertainment industry, if people start inviting their friends over so that they're not alone with you, you may have creeped them out. I know. You may have done something messed I, up. I think it's at that point, it's time to kind of move on, get yeah, away from this maniac. Pe- peel back. Peel yeah. back. Yeah, she's about to. So the famous director started sending letters and party invitations to Tippi Hedren's parents as if he was trying to court her favor romantically. As Hitch's obsession grew deeper, he sat down with his screenwriter and demanded that the man add a scene to the movie Marnie where Hedren's character is raped. Oh, this is wor- this is bad. Yeah. The screenwriter said, quote, I didn't want to write that scene for him, and I told Hitchcock so. I thought it would break sympathy for the character of the man, and it's totally unmotivated. But Hitch said he wanted it in the film, and he insisted that at that exact moment of the rape, he wanted the camera right on her shocked face. Jesus. Yeah. It's also Sean Connery. It is Sean Connery. Yeah, which, I mean, you see him in a different light. You do. Yeah. It's kind of impossible not to in a scene like that. And it seems like, like yeah, I, I'm not a great film buff, but other people say the scene feels weird. No, not, I, yeah. that was a movie that I watched that I was kind of like, I can't watch this again. This, mm-hmm. is, this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> now, Hitchcock grew more possessive, if that's even possible, as time went on. He started demanding his cameraman focus on Tippi Hedren's face and body with almost pornographic obsession. He banned visitors and guests from the set. And eventually, Hitchcock's horniness overwhelmed him. Here's the dark side of <laughs> genius. statement's funny. It, I mean, it's, it's what happened. Quote, By November, he was telling her his recurring dream. You were in the living room of my house in Santa Cruz, and there was a rainbow, a glow around you. You came right up to me and said, Hitch, I love you. I'll always love you. And we embraced. Don't you understand, he asked in a low voice, that you're everything I've ever dreamed about? If it weren't for Alma, Tippi Hedren's feelings and intentions, and her own private life seemed of no concern to him. But it was a dream, Hitch, she told him. Just a dream. And she left her dressing room. Now, 
In public, to studio executives and the media, Hitchcock was effusive in praise for Tippi Hedren. He called her the ultimate actress, the finest performer he had ever worked with, and his praise quickly slipped into outright talking about his attraction to her. He seems to have led several film executives to believe that he and Hedren were having an affair. She encountered this when she would, like, talk to these people. They would, like, essentially make comments that led her to believe they thought that she was having an affair. He probably did that just so he could, like... You know, bring down suspicion. Yeah, of him yeah. being this creepazoid. Yeah, it's not weird. It's not weird that yeah, this because they're together, having this you know relationship or right. whatever. I mean, there was that rape scene in the movie. There was that rape scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock was baffled by the fact that all of this dedication on his part had not yet been reciprocated by the object of his desire. He hired a handwriting analyst to try and determine whether or not Tippi Hedren had what he called a deceitful personality. And then, at the end of February, Hitchcock finally crossed the line into physical violence. If we don't count throwing birds at someone for five days as physical violence. Uh, in a way. In a way. In older interviews, like this one I found in The Express in 2008, Hedron was open about only the verbal aspects of what went down. Quote, he stared at me and simply said, as if it were the most natural thing in the world, that from this time on, he expected me to make myself sexually available and accessible to him, however and whenever he wanted. But in 2016, Tippi Hedron finally alleged that after making these demands, Hitchcock straight up assaulted her. Quote, I've never gone into detail on this, and I never will. I'll simply say that he suddenly grabbed me and put his hands on me. It was sexual, it was perverse, and it was ugly, and I couldn't have been more shocked and repulsed. The harder I fought him, the more aggressive he became. Then he started adding threats, as if he could do anything to me that was worse than what he was trying to do at the moment. Oh, boy. Yeah. This is hard to hear. It's rough. It's rough. It's it's rough rough. stuff. It's rough stuff. I didn't know he physically did anything. Yeah. This didn't come out until 2016. Right, right. Now, so we're going to get into a little bit more about that, about... uh, what Hedron says in 2017, you know, after Weinstein's assaults become public and sort of the end of this unfortunate tale. But first, you know, it's not a weird name. Zevia, the Stevia-based diet soda beverage I'm currently sipping. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Zevia is the only Stevia-based diet soda beverage currently on this table. That's a good, that's a good ad plug. Yeah, Here's some products that paid us! The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets, Meets World House. House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. Okay. That's we didn't the problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. We're talking about Alfred Hitchcock's uh, assault of Tippi Hedren, kind of the culmination of just so much creepy behavior. Uh, In 2017, after news of Harvey Weinstein's creepiness became public knowledge, Tippi Hedren tweeted this. I'm watching all the coverage on Weinstein. This is nothing new, nor is it limited to the entertainment industry. I dealt with sexual harassment all the time during my modeling and film career. Hitchcock wasn't the first. However, I'm not going to take it anymore. So I simply walked away and didn't look back. Hitch said he would ruin my career, and I told him to do what he had to do. It has taken 50 years, but it is about time that women started standing up for themselves as they appear to be doing in the Weinstein case. Good for them. Yeah. Now, the bad news is that Hitchcock did ruin her career. Wow. Um, he had her on contract for a couple more years, and so she wasn't able to do anything without him for the right, rest of that time. Right. And he blackballed her in the industry. She never had the kind of career that she could have well, had. Well, he, he Weinsteined her. Yeah, he Weinsteined her. He yeah. Weinsteined her before Weinstein was, I'm guessing he, he was like in elementary school at this point. Right. Well, Hitchcock created the term Weinstein. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> in anticipation right. of the other creepy man who would take on his baton. He, however, he did not ruin Tippi Hedren's life. She went on to run a big cat sanctuary, uh, which might have been tied to all the bird-related trauma and led into her being in a movie wherein she and her family lived with a number of dangerous, gigantic cats for years yeah, and were yeah. horribly wounded, oh, which that movie might be tied a little bit. I, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, like, there's such a connection there. It may just be that because she'd had this experience on birds, she was less likely to realize things had crossed a line in the production of that yeah, film. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Because, I mean, she subjected her family to that. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what happens with trauma. Yeah. Like, you get fucked up, and then you push it on people it's, around you if you're not careful. It I heard happen. about that with child molesters. Yeah. That they were molested, so then it, the cycle continues. Well, and I can say, having gone through uh, some of my own deals with PTSD and having had a part, like, we both pushed shit on each other and, mm-hmm. like, traumatized each other further. It's a thing. Like, it's a you thing, go through yeah. some well, you up. almost do it unconsciously. Yeah, because it resets your ideas of like what's reasonable. Once you've gone through something yeah. crazy, and right. you're more likely to. 
like I, I'm not going to call Tippy Hedren a bad person for putting his family through this. Having gone through what she's, I can see how you would. Well, wasn't it her and her husband? Yeah, because he was so. a filmmaker. Yeah, they'd been working with these animals for a while. Yeah. Anyway, well, we we benefited because that's did. a great movie. It's a great movie. Uh, what was the name of that? By the Roar. Way? Roar. Roar. Exactly. Right. It was just released, I think, recently. Go watch Big Cats fuck with Tippi Hedren's family. Get ready because that movie will fuck you up. Yeah. It's very disturbing. All of the times you see people attacked by animals on it are real. They're real. They are real yeah. graphical, not depictions, actual attacks of big cats on human oh, beings. Oh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it just is one of those things that reminds you that like, if your house cat, I have a house, I love cats. Yeah. If your house cat were 180 pounds, it would regularly injure you. Right. Without wanting to cause you pain, just no. because that's what cats do. That's their normal like routine. Yeah, they're just cats. I'm going to go out and just kill a goat. Yeah, fuck, fuck with <laughs> for, some shit. For us, that's buying a sandwich. Yeah. Let's get back to the podcast. <clears throat> so, Tippi Hedren, after Hitchcock actually assaults her, lays hands on her, she stands up for herself, and she pushes back, and Hitchcock doesn't push anymore at her. So that stays true to his character. But he also goes completely in the other direction where he'd once been talking about her as like the next Grace Kelly, this great star who's going to be winning awards and stuff. He starts refusing to even speak her name, calling her only that girl. He directs her through his assistants and he goes beyond ignoring his leading lady and he works to actively sabotage the movie Marnie itself, making sure the final edited version was as bad a movie as he was capable of making. It's not that good. It's not that good because he fucked it up. Like, right, and on it, purpose. Yeah. Yeah, he burned his own movie to the ground in order to hurt Tippi Hedren for not responding. To you know, advances. Kubrick kind of has the same tactics. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Did, which, with which, with, with uh, The Shining. You know, he put Shelley uh, Duvall through some shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, which it's similar. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things. There's always, if you've got a great director whose job in that case is to get uh, traumatic acting out of to get someone to act like they've been traumatized. Yeah. There's always a degree, like even like George Miller in the making of a uh, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh -huh. There's that talk about how like uh, great movie, great movie, brilliant movie. There's that talk about how what's his name, Batman, Christian Bale, not Christian Bale, fucking uh, oh uh, Tom Hardy, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Why did I say the other Batman? Batman? Bane, yeah, yeah, he's Bane. Yeah, Tom Hardy's like hanging beneath this truck, and like his kid is like watching as they do this stunt where he's like underneath a truck held uh -huh. up by wires, and his kid asks George Miller like. What happens if the wires break? And right. Miller's like, oh, they're really strong wires. They won't break. And the kid's like, yeah, but what happens if it breaks? And he's like, well, I guess your dad's going to go under the wheels. <laughs> he's like, you should have been <laughs> I like, guess your dad's son, dead. your dad was Bane. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll probably be fine. Yeah, he survived that monstrosity movie. But there's always a degree, if you're a great director and you're trying to get a great performance, specifically an actor to act traumatized there's yeah. a degree of emotional fuckery there will always be some even great directors who aren't necessarily shitty people when you get caught up in art like that you'll do some things that are on the line mm -hmm. you know i think hitchcock crosses that line yeah I, well you know what it is too it's like in kubrick's state you know he didn't have actors as good as nicholson yeah so to, to measure up he had to fuck with them he had to fuck with them and yeah. maybe that one I, I don't know enough about that to say if he crossed a line or not it's always a risk oh he when did you're making he did art. yeah there's like a making of shining if you watch and you can see her kind of breaking down and it's the same thing in like apocalypse now where you see uh uh martin, martin sheen, sheen where he's like injures himself badly while drunk on set in that opening scene like cuts himself and is bleeding everywhere and kubrick's just like no keep going oh just, you mean just Coppola. keep rolling Oh, sorry, Coppola. Yeah. 
That's why I'm here. I'm bad. Yeah, say I'm bad at this. I'm bad at all this, except for reading about creepy things people do. Um, so Hitchcock got enough to deal with. Yeah, Hitchcock's biographer Spado calls Tippy Hedren Hitchcock's last great obsession and arguably his downfall. Spado argues that after Marnie, he never made another great movie, and that he may never even made another good movie. That this like you know, kind of broke him. Yeah, Frenzy is pretty interesting for the subject matter, yeah. but yeah, you're right. I mean. He's definitely, like, going down. Yeah, and, like, the fact that he sabotaged Marnie is kind of like, that's sort of where this guy's mind breaks, you know? Yeah, he's kind of losing it. He kind of loses it after that. While he would live on until 1980, his life was increasingly devoid of meaningful work, filled with food, ill health, too much alcohol, and an increasingly cold and perpetually sexless relationship. With but this is also when I saw client. him on many interviews and he was really funny. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got that sort of charm. Yeah. Um, I want to say he had a, has a really good Dick Cavett interview. Yeah, around that time. Yeah. Uh, but he's not producing his great films anymore. He's no, out he, he's and... become he, he's already a legend. Yeah, but he's not necessarily doing what he does best. Yeah, yeah, which seems to he's one of those people who doesn't last a lot longer after they stop putting out good work. He, he, yeah, it's really a shame. It is, and he dies a year after receiving the Oscar for Lifetime Achievement in 1980, which is the only Oscar he received. Only Oscar he received, uh, in which he was really anxious about taking because he number one knew it meant that his career was over and number two didn't like how he looked on screen because he mm -hmm. was in very ill health at that point so it was a he was not a happy man at no. the end no. um you can you can see it in the films they, they get really disgusting and disturbing yeah yeah it's kind of his mind unraveling and we are all left here to unravel his legacy and try to figure out how should we think about alfred hitchcock knowing all this stuff, you know, because it, it is clear with his work that art and abuse were inextricably tied together. Yeah. He was able to make the great films he was able to make because he was the kind of man who would poison a cameraman and let him shit himself for hours or throw <laughs> birds at a woman for five days. The, the shitting thing is a little more fun than the birds. It's a little, they're both over a line. I, I know, but yeah. shitting, I, I can kind of be like, all right, you're yeah, still, I still poop. like you. You're <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. But it's like the birds thing. It's like, all right, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. This is crazy. Yeah. The birds thing. And like, you can see like when he locks that woman in a telephone box and fills it with smoke, that's over a line to me too. That is too. That's pretty bad. You can, this is a guy who, most people would have put lines up earlier mm -hmm. than Hitchcock yeah. did. Um, and because he didn't have those lines, we got some great movies. Mm -hmm. But because he didn't have those lines, Melanie Hedren got a doll of her mom's corpse sent to her house. Right. <laughs> like, like it carried over into other people's lives yeah, and yeah. traumatized them to this day, probably. To this day. And that's complicated yeah i i want to say uh an unknown movie of his that's wonderful is shadow of a doubt i haven't heard that? of that one with joseph cotton excellent movie it's I, really good and it's before his kind of like swan period i mean i i went into this podcast i've definitely seen more hitchcock than i saw of steven seagal when oh I yeah, did yeah. Steven because i don't think i'd seen like under siege and on deadly ground of his uh -huh. you know i think i've seen um vertigo north by northwest psycho and the birds obviously yeah yeah know. Um, but that's pretty much it for my Hitchcock. Novels, yeah, there's some kind of the big hitters. There's some deep cuts like Suspicion yeah. is great, and that's um, Cary Grant. Yeah, and so is uh, uh, what's it called? Rebecca, I already mentioned. Yeah, yeah. is great. There's also uh, Foreign Correspondent is really good. Ooh. He worked with William Cameron Menzies, excellent cinematographer. So, where are you now as a, as a huge Hitchcock fan? Like, obviously, this is not a guy. It's not like Weinstein, where he was an influential person in the industry. But you can pretty much cut 
mention of him out and not affect the history of cinema. Yeah, because he was just a producer. He was just a producer. He wasn't like, although I've seen a movie he directed. Oh, really? I didn't know he directed anything. It was a mo- it was like Marissa Tomei's first film. Oh, weird. Yeah. Hitchcock, you cannot cut out of film canon no. without losing something. He's too influential. He's too influential, and I could still watch Rebecca yeah. and, and love it just as much. Does it help that he's a director who made creepy movies rather than like, if this, if this was like, I feel like if Jimmy Stewart had been doing this shit, I wouldn't be able to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it's anymore. different because you're not seeing him Yeah, on, on, on film. So that makes it easier. That makes it easier. However, it does tarnish, what you're about to say is yeah. does this tarnish my yeah. appreciation of his films? A little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could watch The Birds the same way. Right. Or even Marnie, which I haven't watched yeah. from the first time I watched it. So there's a little bit of that. But it's also like, like right now I want to revisit Foreign Correspondent just because it's a brilliant film. Yeah. It's like espionage and like really interesting for its time. One thing I do want to bring up that I'm not enough of a film historian to say concretely, but it occurred to me as I'm researching this, you know, you've got Alfred Hitchcock inventing the slasher genre and also a guy who has some serious issues with women, um, which are very much on display. I feel like horror as a genre has for a long time had some issues with women. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I wonder y- how much of that is Hitchcock's DNA in the genre. Um, he definitely is kind of the pioneer yeah. of that because Psycho is what a lot of people would agree is the first mm-hmm. slasher movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and mean, inspired so much. It, it was the first time, too, that that horror was, was, was like a masterpiece. It wasn't yeah. just schlocky. It wasn't a guy in a rubber suit banging around. I mean, at the time, horror was kind of goofy and cheesy like yeah. Vincent Price yeah you know like <laughs> darkness everywhere I can't do a skulls and skeletons yeah, yeah it was wasn't corny Price. he yeah. made it kind of artistic and so I wonder how much of his issues with women and his because like we talked about The Shining later and I have to think Kubrick's got to be a guy who's influenced by Hitchcock. Oh, of course. And and, and, and Bogdanovich perhaps, perhaps even down to the way he treats his actress to get a response like well this would not have been an, a, a hidden story at the time. Well, Hitchcock got a great performance out of Hedron and the Birds, and he did it by fucking with her. Maybe that's what I got to do with Shelley Duvall. Right, right, Maybe I right. I got to push her. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I can see them justifying it in that sense. Yeah. It doesn't make it okay. And it's another example of sort of how this kind of thing gets passed down, because we see Hedron sort of maybe passing it down with her family, getting them into this production that's really a little too much. But we also see, like, Hitchcock passing down this sort of idea that, like, sometimes you have to push your actresses. So, like, what did he say? Like, you have to torture the woman. Torture the, torture the, woman. the yeah. woman. Yeah. The trouble today is we don't torture women enough. Yeah, that was yeah. a very odd quote because I've, I mean, I've never heard it, heard it put that way. Yeah. And it makes no sense. Yeah, it does, unless you start thinking about, like, okay, well, well you've got the Tippi Hedren and the Birds, you get Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Sometimes that's what directors do. It comes from a place, though, of, I think, fear of, of women, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and their strength. Yeah. Where it's like you're sort of insecure in your, about yourself. And insecure about the quality, I think, of the actresses that you're getting, too. That you have yeah. to. Because he's not doing that. Like, Hitchcock's not doing that to Cary Grant. No. You know, I, I was just yeah. about to say, like, yeah. he would never do that to Cary Grant. Yeah, he would Cary trust... Grant would just storm off the set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cary Grant would not take that. Nobody's throwing birds at Cary Grant for five days. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Cary Grant's interesting because he loved Hitchcock. Yeah. You know, and, and he was also so difficult to get 
on board for some movies. Billy Wilder famously tried to work with him many times, but for some reason, like Carrie was like, no. Yeah. But with Hitchcock, he's like, yes, I'll do it. And a lot of people, like even a lot of the women who worked with Hitchcock, really, because you know, you made great movies with him. Even Hedron has this kind of like complexity where she's like, this guy is someone I really don't like, really fucked with, but also like, you know, you can't deny what he made. Yeah. So it's there, tough. I can't remember. There's another story where, where he got some actress, I forget who, an apartment. Yeah. And then it was like within viewing of his apartment so that he could watch her. <sighs> that's... Did you come across that? No, I didn't. But that yeah. sounds just like Hitchcock. I, I think it was... I don't know right down was... to it almost being part of what was the movie where uh, Jimmy Stewart's right yeah Rear exactly window. rearing window looking yeah out I think at that's kind of where that yeah. came from yeah so yeah. again this is a guy who everything he does in a movie is basically something he does in real life I like know he, he lives his life the way he directs his films yeah and he directs know, fucked up films he, he's <laughs> he's like a performance artist yeah yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's where we're going to land for the day. Abed, you got uh, any pluggables to plug before we uh, roll on out of here? Last episode, I plugged my podcast. I'll plug my Twitter. It's uh, at Abed G. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at IWriteOK. You can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram and at BastardsPod. You can find us on the internet at BehindTheBastards.com. Um, you can go to TeePublic. Uh, you can buy a T-shirt. You can buy a cup. Uh, you can buy if you're if you're uh, in the uh, in a, in a military that uses T54 tanks. Uh, we have some some silk screens for those that you can put on over your tank. So if you're currently serving in the Afghan military and you're a fan of the show, you can get some uh, some bastards branded content there. T Public really has a great variety of things. So check all that out. Uh, I'm Robert Evans, and until next week, I love about 40% of you. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. Hitchcock in the hitch can. Yep. I, I'm, I have to say I'm pretty disturbed. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. 
Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.